I'm Jamie from Stillmeyer Games, and as usual, on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Central Time, I'm here to share some Stillmeyer Games news, to answer any non-spoiler questions you have, and to discuss some random topics, things, random things going on in my life. Um, last week, where did we leave it? Last week, I was still doing design diaries for Apiary. Apiary, our new game from designer Connie Vogelman and artist Quanchai Maria, is now fully revealed. You can check out the rule books, the teaching aid, the uh, the Altama rulebook, the the uh, multiplayer rulebook, it's all on our website now, and all of the design diaries are available on our website as well. Uh, obviously, if you have any questions about the game today, I'm happy to answer them. I've gotten to teach and play it twice over the last week. Both sessions have gone very differently, but also really well. Uh, both five player sessions that played in around after uh, around two hours, around two hours. I think uh, it definitely does. It's a game that speeds up. And when you when you really know how to play. Good morning, Tony, Ray, Chad, and Garrett. Chad says looking good for a reason today because Chad recently started a new company called Cotton Bureau, and he makes uh, bespoke custom T-shirts for for uh, that that hint at tabletop games. And this is one of the shirts that uh, that Chad made. Um, I bought it recently. Chad gave me a little discount, but I I, I bought the shirt and I'm proud to wear it. This is a nod to the 1920 plus world. It says 1920 plus, but it's a nod to Europa, the world of Scythe and Expeditions. Chad, thanks for making those shirts. If you want to check out Cotton Bureau, Chad, feel free to put a link in the, uh, the comments here if you'd like to check it out. Um, good morning, Garrett, James, and Ian as well. Garrett says, will the insert be spoiled at all before October 2nd? Oh yeah, Garrett, you're right. I have not shown a photo of the insert. I am happy to do that. I don't want to show it on camera here because everything may tilt out of place and go everywhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe I could show it. Yeah, I don't want to risk it. But I appreciate the reminder of that. I will take a photo of all the components in the insert and I will add it to our website so you can see how the insert works. Um, yeah, thank you for the reminder about that. Anthony, Brian, good morning. Brian says, I missed last week's announcement. So super excited to get more info on Apiary. Brian, yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions today about Apiary. Um, the reviews will be coming on October 2nd, along with some playthroughs. But uh, the full rulebooks, explanations about the game, what the game is, is fully public information now at this point. So I'm happy to answer any questions about it. John, Mark. Uh, oh, and also today I will be revealing... Um, over the next three days, I'll be doing live plays for Rolling Realms, one of our other games, and I'll be revealing the three new promos that we are going to have on our web store on October 4th. And next week, I'm going to showcase the Wingspan fan art uh, pack of, of Wingspan cards. Um, I'm going to be showing some photos from that, and on next week's live stream, I will show you what, what it looks like. So next week, we'll be focused on that a little bit more. Okay, Daniel says... Um, uh, Daniel, so one of the common things that we've heard about the Expeditions playmat, which is not a good thing, uh, is that Panda, our manufacturer, used... So you know when, when you like buy a, a pair of clothing or a pair of shoes and it has that little plastic piece that attaches the label to the shoes. Panda used that to attach the labels to Expeditions. Um, we went with an eco-friendly version of packing the the rubber playmat for Expeditions where we flat packed it and just put a label on it instead of putting every single one in a cardboard tube. Um, but very oddly and not per my instructions, Panda used that plastic thing to attach the labels and it created a little hole. It's a tiny hole, but it is noticeable for sure in the playmat. 
We're not happy with that. Um, we've told Panda to never do that again. It, that wasn't in the samples that we received. And um, in the future, we're going to look at stickers. We're going to look at a sticker label as long as it doesn't leave a residue behind. We're going to try to put it on the back of the mat. Expeditions play mat is double-sided. So Daniel and anyone else who was affected by that, I'm really sorry by, for, for that hole. That was not our intention for, for the, uh, the label to be attached in that way, for sure. Ian says he's excited about the new Ruling Realms promo that I'm going to... Well, actually, today might be a little anticlimactic, which is... I'll give that slight tease today, Chad. I don't know if you are seeing... I'm seeing like a little striations on today's video. Hopefully, you are not seeing... I see it on my, on my shirt right here, if you look at that. I have all the lights out, so I shouldn't be doing that. But uh, sorry about that, if you're seeing that. Um, Dwayne says, good morning. Nathan, good morning. David, good morning as well. Uh, Carl says, wanted to tell you that I had my monthly open invite wingspan night and it was a big success. 17 people showed up. That's awesome, Carl. We had flock mode, duet mode, swift start, and one regular game all going on on, regular, on various tables. That is awesome, Carl. Thank you so much for being um, so welcoming to, to people who want to play wingspan. That's, that's really incredible. Chad says, sorry, Facebook keeps scrolling, so I have to scroll back down to find it. Thought Chad had a come. No, Anthony says, I mentioned last week that I've been watching through your YouTube catalog. Yeah, thank you for going back and watching the the, the past content. Uh, there, there's a lot of it. He says, uh, not chronologically. I just watched a video of yours from 2010. 2010. Your videos have come a long way. It looks like you've lost a little weight too. 2010 is a long time ago. I don't know if I was doing videos that far back. I think I started doing my game design videos in um, maybe 2015. Uh, but I had a few random videos on my channel before, uh, around that time. And yeah, I have, over the last few years, I've, I've changed a lot of um, some elements of my lifestyle, which became fairly sedentary after I started running the board game company from home. Uh, and so I, I exercise daily. I'm, I'm a pescatarian slash vegetarian now. Um, I'm very careful about when I have bigger meals or smaller meals. Anyway, thank you. Yeah, I, I have lost some weight over the last few years. Mark says, excited for the new promo realms reveal. Um, since there are three rounds for ruling realms, does that mean three new realms aside from apiary? So it means three realms, including apiary. We, we do realms three at a time. Uh, so apiary, here's the spoiler, apiary is one of those realms, and that's the one I'll be showing today. So tomorrow and Friday will be new realms that you don't know are coming yet. Nathan says, in the, Wings in the Wingspan Facebook group, there was a question about the golden eggs from last year's charity auction. Uh, is that still something that might still be coming? Yes, we did make uh, golden eggs. So the idea last year that came up was, what if we made the golden eggs for anyone um, and sold them as part of this year's charity auction? And we are doing that. That'll be in early November that we will have those golden eggs in our web store. And hopefully we ordered the right amount because I wasn't sure how many people would really want them. We ordered a, and plus we're going to build in, you know, a, a charitable contribution into the cost of those eggs um, on our web store. So, um, yeah, we'll see how they go over. I think they're really cool. Really nice heft to them. Brian says, Facebook Live quality, definitely not very good today. Yeah, unfortunately, that's something I don't have control over. Um, it is what it is. Hopefully you can hear me okay, though, at least. Steve said maybe a piece of paper instead of a sticker to make sure there's no residue. Well, Steve, the key with why, we're, why we need to attach something to the mat is for retailers. It isn't for our web stores 
um, all that much, but it's for retailers who want the, uh, the mat. So they need something that is attached to the mat in some way. Actually, Facebook seems to think that I can update the frame rate. It says, please, it says, please set frame rate to a different number. I didn't know I had control over the frame rate. Let's see if I can actually change it. Yeah, I don't see a way for me to manipulate the flame, the frame rate on here. But maybe Facebook has a way that I, I don't know about. Here's settings, stream. How can I, maybe it's referring to my camera settings. Yeah, I don't know. I do not know. All right. I'm going to scroll back up to find the right question. Sorry about that. Um, although William says he doesn't have video quality issues. That's good too. Ray has a question. He says, I've recently been putting a lot of thought into gateway games as he has friends and relatives that he spends a lot of time with who aren't into modern games. Um, are willing to try. Has your list of gateway games changed at all since your video two years ago? I have my own thoughts about a good sequence in which to introduce gateway games in a top list, a sequence of four to six games of incremental complexity. So I'm curious if you have any new thoughts on the subject too. I'm curious to hear what, what list you come up with, Ray. Um, I don't know if, I'm trying to think of that list. I think it was a list back around the time that Dice Miner came out. That's the last time I remember thinking about that topic. Um, and I think Dice Miner is on that list. Uh, I don't know if they've changed all that much since then. I, I, put, I put a pretty broad variety of games on that list. Um, but I like, I, I, what I didn't do is uh, talk about what you're talking about here in, in terms of saying, let's start with this game and then level up to this game and then level up to this game. I think that's a really clever approach that I haven't thought about. I like that approach. Garrett says he finally got his copy of Sagrada Artisans and he's hoping to start playing it this week after a couple of other games on the schedule. Did you end up playing the full campaign? We did play the full campaign. I think it was around 10 or 11 games. We breezed through it in 10 days, I think two weekends and a few games in the middle of the week. He says, did you try any of the windows from the included booster pack? We did not try any of those yet though. Usually after we play a campaign game, I know people always want like campaign games that you can continue playing or that you can play again. After we've played like 10 of the same game, we're usually good on it. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of plays to get out of one game. So no, we we have it. We'll probably find a way to put it in our in our copy of Sagrada, our normal copy. But no, um, we haven't played it. Sam says I've started to see the community talk about getting ready for games to play during spooky season. Do you have any games that you that you find that you only play seasonally? Um, that I only play seasonally. I don't know if the games that I only play seasonally. I did actually play a game over the weekend. I played, so I need to talk about this weekend a little bit, and this is a good segue into it. But um, one of the games I played this past weekend for the first time is a game called The Night Cage. And that's one that I would definitely put in the category of spooky games to play. It's it's a eerie setting. It's a dark setting. And the art is also pretty pretty spooky, pretty, pretty creepy. So I put that in that category. That has not been on the list. I've done one of these Halloween videos in the past or like, I can't remember how I worded it, Halloween or spooky or something, uh, something like that. Um, but this was my first play of the Night Cage. And also, we're hoping to get together with the friends with whom we've been very slowly playing the um, Betrayal, Le Betrayal Legacy campaign and doing a few games of, of that in the uh, the spooky Halloween season. 
But the segue here real quick before I get back to your questions is that I spent the last, it's been a long weekend with a big group of Megan's friends and my friends too. They've become my friends over the, over the years. Um, they rented out a giant house in Branson, or we collectively rented out this giant house and held kind of a mini convention there, just a nerd geek weekend, long weekend, where we played a lot of games, but we also did a lot of activities, you might say, where people would set up an event. Uh, they were called room parties, essentially, where they'd set up a very specific event. And I'll, I'll, show, I'll give you some examples of these in a second. Um, and you would go to that for a few hours, and then there'd be plenty of time to eat good food and hang out with friends and play games and just chill. It was a wonderful weekend. Uh, the way that someone summed it up with a, a photo montage at the end of the weekend is that uh, uh, you got to find your people. And, and, and when, when you find the people that embrace the same things that you love and embrace that nerd and geek side of yourself, that it, you feel like yourself and you feel at home. And that is really how I felt over the last weekend. Um, so real quick rundown, rundown of what we did. Uh, a few of these will end up in videos coming up. But uh, we did a science fair. So I, things like uh, when there was an egg drop where you had to construct something around an egg and protect that egg. I love that kind of stuff. There was something called a drinking panel. That's an annual tradition of this event um, where people give a panel of uh, p participants, give a panel of people a little sip of something to drink, alcoholic drink. Um, and uh, that may be good. That may, may not be good. Just a drink that they're interested in seeing someone else react to. That's fun. Uh, there was, on the last night, there was an anime quiz show. A lot of the people there are into anime. That's like the one category that I, one thing that happened that I didn't know much about, but it was still very entertaining to watch. We hosted a Star Wars cantina night where I was, had games of Sabacc playing. We had lots of drinks that might be at a Star Wars cantina. Everyone was in costume because we recently, a few months ago, went to the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Um, played a lot of games. There was a uh, Gravity Falls event that was a lot of fun a lot of little mini games associated with the tv show gravity falls we played den of wolves which is a mega game um that is essentially battlestar galactica uh but but without that ip and that was a ton of fun that was a very unique experience and it was a perfect fit for this weekend for this long weekend to have a six to seven hour game happening we played grouperty which is just kind of jeopardy with a fun variety of nerd questions and we also took off a little bit to play some disc golf in branson Overall, a wonderful weekend, a lot of fun, and uh, I've been catching up on work since then. Did a little bit of work while I was there, but uh, mostly I was just trying to do a few hours early in the morning before everybody woke up and then focused on the people who were there. Uh, if any of that re resonates with any of you or if you have any questions, let me know in the comments. I'm also, I think, these questions about gateway games and spooky games, um, I'd love to hear your answers about, in that, about them in the comments as well. In a minute, I'll, I'll mention all the games that we played over this weekend. Let's see. A uh, recent debate with a friend, uh, wooden meeples versus plastic miniatures. I prefer wooden meeple. This is, uh, uh, I can't pronounce this person's name, but they prefer wooden meeples. For example, I would really dislike root if it had miniatures instead of wooden meeples. Inside, they have a certain charm. Uh, what do you prefer? What do you prefer, miniatures or, um, or meeples? I would say in general, I prefer meeples. Uh, I really like the feel, the look of, and feel of meeple, whether or not they're silkscreen printed. Um, sometimes I even like them better if they're not silkscreen silk printed in, in fancy versions of games. Uh, there are cases, though. There are situations um, in more Amerithrash thematic games that I, that I do like miniatures as well. So I think it depends on the game for me. 
Nathan says he just started the rise of Fenris, the, the campaign expansion for Scythe. He says, we've learned that my brother is way better than the rest of us at Scythe. He beat us in chapter 2B in less than 45 minutes. Yeah, be, be aware of that. Some of the games in the rise of Fenris can be very short. They get a lot shorter than, than a standard game of Scythe. Mark says, will you reveal the next Redux Realm for the month of September soon? Yeah, Mark, I usually send out those updates around this time of the month. I think I have a reminder set up for like the 21st or the 22nd of every month. That's when I send out the Rolling Realms Redux Reveal. Dwayne says, I've been loving the YouTube series by CGE Games, and it's awesome to see you adding your views to this great series. I would enjoy a similar documentary on Stonemeyer Games. Yeah, that's really impressive that they've done that. Documentaries are a, a lot of work and to put together, um, and you have to... It's a stage a lot of things. Um, you know, you, you have to have someone with a camera when when you have to essentially be pretending to do something because I think a lot of people just spend time looking at the computer. Looking at a computer is not particularly engaging for a documentary. So you have to stage the other things that you're doing. Um, but I love that CG is doing it. I love that other companies have done, done it. I think uh, Genius Games did it a while ago. Ryan Lockett of Red Raven Games has a documentary about his work. I think it's wonderful when companies do that. Just probably not something that we'll do at Stonemaier Games. Um, uh, Josh says that his parents live in Branson. He usually visits right after Geekway. That's really neat. Yeah, Branson is an interesting place. We've I've done this annual event twice now, and we see very little of Branson when we do it because everything is so focused on the togetherness act aspect of being at this big house together. Um, but it's a beautiful area. Uh, it's, it's, I think there are areas of it, parts of Branson that are very touristy, but there are also parts of it that are just beautiful rolling hills and mountains and lakes and things like that. <laughs> Josh says, please do a Gravity Falls video. I don't know if I have a video about it. I don't have a favorite mechanism on Gravity Falls. I might mention it on my personal blog, jamiestegmeyer.com. I'll leave a note about that. Um, it's, it's a two season animated series with a uh a sometimes sci-fi speculative twist to it supernatural twist to it um and what i've been i've only watched a few episodes so far i haven't watched the whole series but what i've been really impressed by so far is by the humor like it's actually genuinely made me laugh out loud a few times um which doesn't always happen in cartoons that try to bridge that gap between adults and kids which it does very very well like a good pixar movie i think where pixar has Humor that I think can appeal to anybody. Good morning. Oh, we have a Altama designer, David, here this morning. That's a that's a nice surprise, David. Good to see you. Corey says he went to his first proto spiel this weekend. That's a, a playtesting event where you're either playtesting or design or showcasing a prototype that you're that you are um, hoping to, to learn from. Corey says, as an aspiring game designer, it was a great learning experience. I got some feedback on some games I'm working on, but more importantly, I got to play a lot of games that others were creating. It was great to see the process. That's awesome, Corey. I love that generosity of spirit where you're you're taking a little bit, you're learning from others, and also hearing them, which is a gift to them, and you're also playtesting other games. That's the same thing that we do at the Stomar Games Design Day, which is coming up in just about a month now, over, a little under a month now. Before I forget, today's chocolate of the day, Megan had a birthday recently, and she was gifted some chocolate, and she gifted me one of those chocolates, and it's a, a Lint Nuxor. Nuxor? I believe this is a hazelnut chocolate that I will be eagerly devouring later this afternoon. What is your chocolate or treat of the day? 
So real quick, the games that I played at this gaming or this nerd geek gaming weekend, um, the long gaming weekend, were Apiary. I taught and played Apiary. We played uh, Challengers, Skull King, Spots, Hierarchy. Those are a few of the games that I brought. Fun facts, I also brought that. Saw So Clover on the table a lot. Actually saw the Star Wars deck building game, one of my favorite games of the year. That got to the table probably more than any other game, maybe competing with So Clover. Um, and Crokinole, that was on the table a lot too. I actually realized I didn't actually get to play Star Wars deck building game. I, I love it. I played it a lot. Um, and I wish I'd gotten in the game because it was constantly on, on the table. But somehow I didn't actually play it. Uh, Scout, I played Magic Commander for the first time. Magic the Gathering, the Commander version of Magic. That was really neat to try. Played the Night Cage for the first time. Deep Sea Adventure and Five Minute Dungeon. Um, so I will have videos coming out about Den of Wolves, the big mega game we played. Uh, the Night Cage and Magic Commander and probably Five Minute Dungeon. Sometimes I don't know what I'll say about a game. It's not a knock against Five Minute Dungeon. It's a neat game with a timer, cooperative game with a timer. I, I, I a f a favorite mechanism wasn't jumping out about that game. Not that I really, not that I disliked it, but every now and then. I play a game, I'm like, I, I don't know what I would say about this game, but I bet I can find something. There's always something, I think there's always something unique about every game um, to share. So I will find something to talk about, Five Minute Dungeon. Julie says that she prefers wooden meeples all the way. Plain is typically preferable, except I do like the screen printing on those in Creature Comforts. They are pretty adorable in Creature Comforts. William says, have you ever licensed a submitted game that already has a robust solo mode? If not, what would you, uh, then what would you do? Would you scrap the designer solo in lieu of an Automa factory created solo or keep the designer solo as a variant or have the Automa team further develop the design solo and include both parties in the, both parties in the solo credits or something else? I'd probably do that last option, William. Um, I know so little about solo design that, uh, that I would want to get the impressions of Automa factory and really... The, the the hook I think for Automa is that it is an it feels like an intelligent opponent that doesn't require all that much upkeep to maintain. Like you're not fully running another player in the game, but it is a lot more than just saying, "Hey, like the goal of the game is to reach 20 victory points, um, to to beat this fake player's 20 victory point threshold." So to toe that line, I think Automa Factory to and to put their their logo on the box to show people that this is consistent with the other solo. A game solo modes in our games. I would want their approval. I would want their involvement as a developer, and I would uh, credit both of them. I would say that when um, when games are submitted to us, it is not. I, I wouldn't say it's uh, an asset to have the designer have created a solo mode for the game. Um, I'd much rather them focus on the multiplayer mode of the game, and then we can we can bring in the solo mode later. But if the designer has had fun with that. They're welcome to share that as part of the files, and we can see what Automa Factory thinks. But I would definitely yield to Automa Factory's expertise and development if that happened. Ray says, I would be interested in a video on your thoughts on the sequence of introducing gateway games, at least. If you're curious about my sequence, it would be something like Ticket to Ride, Sushi Go, Seven Wonders, and Catan, with a potential word or easy drafting game somewhere in the two. I can explain my reasoning for that kind of sequencing, but it would probably make for a very lengthy comment. Ray, just to throw this out there, you know, I've been doing some videos where someone else appears with me in the video and talks about a topic that they've thought a lot about. Um, if you would be interested in joining me for such a video, feel free to email me at jamie at stillmeyer.com and we could talk about, we could each talk about our own sequencing list and the, and the reasons behind it. I would be interested in doing that if you want to. If you're not, I totally understand that and I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to keep that in mind as a potential video myself. 
I like the idea of sequencing in that way. Joseph says, Parks is one of my all-time favorite games simply because of the aesthetic of the wooden pieces, but they obviously thematically fit as well. So I like meeples for other games too. I can totally see that. Yeah, I love the variety of the meeples in, um, in Parks. And it isn't just the meeples that you're placing. It's also just the, uh, the wooden animal tokens that you're getting in, in Parks. Let me see if I have a question of the day for any blog posts that I'm thinking about. One probably, uh, well, yeah, I do have some topics here. Um, one that I want to talk about soon is, uh, it's a topic I've been thinking about for a while, that, but I haven't actually blogged about it. It actually came up months ago. Um, the concept of if you have become I, I'll give an example of, the, of this because I, I don't even entirely know how to phrase it. I, I phrase it in my notes as, what's your superpower? Um, but I don't necessarily mean it as a skill. What I'm referring to it more is if you have a really, one thing that you are really, really successful at, um, an outlier in terms of success. An example for Stillmire Games would be Wingspan. Wingspan is uh, uh, now three or four times more successful than our second best-selling game. And um, what, to, what to do when that happens? Like, do you, how, do you lean into the success of that game and do expansions and spinoffs and sequels? Do you promote that game in different ways than you do your other games because you have such a wide reach with that game? Do you use that game to sell your other games as well? Um, what do you do when you kind of stumble into something that is, that is really, really successful? Um, and that brings people a lot of joy, crucially. Not that just that not just that it's selling a lot of copies and making money, but people seem to genuinely be enjoying that thing. What do you do to embrace that as as a person, as a brand? How do you how, what do you do from there? Um, yeah, yeah. I, it's a it's a big topic. Maybe that's the reason that I, that I've avoided blogging about it so far. And it's also one that feels um, that maybe I feel a little bit weird talking about it because. Uh, not, I think it's rare to stumble into that type of success for a product or service, whatever you're trying to create or sell. I think that's pretty rare. Um, and so I don't know how, how it applies to, um, to, other, to many other creators, but I guess in d different levels for anyone who is running maybe a company or a service, um, they might try different things. And one thing might be, might end up being the most successful thing of, of those different methods and, and strategies. How much do you lean into that? Anyway, I'm behind on, on comments here, but that's the topic that I've been thinking about. David says, I know you mentioned that the, the Expeditions expansions will include new mechs, or the first expansion, yeah. Does that mean the game will play six players, or is that venturing into spoiler territory? That is venturing into spoiler territory. Um, I think the most important focus for Expeditions is that it does work at, at the player counts in the core game, the, the one to five player counts, even with the added variety of more mechs, yeah. Garrett noticed that AEG is doing a newsletter sign-up drive for Undergrove, Elizabeth Hargrave's new game, where they are donating $1 per, um, is it $1 per copy sold? How, how are they doing it? Let's see. It is, I have this, I happen to have this handy too. Someone else mentioned it recently. Oh, maybe I missed it. Okay. I, is it one copy per so copy sold or is it for sign-ups like we do at Stonemaier Games? Oh, I missed it. I missed your question, Garrett. Facebook scrolled past. Sorry about that. 
Um, I'm excited to see Hilda at Design Day. Yeah, Hilda's making her first trip to St. Louis for Design Day. I'm really excited about that, Hilda. Uh, David says that Connie received her copy of Apiary, and we've gotten it to the table a few times. I'm even more excited now for people to experience the game. Uh, thank you, David. David is, is Connie's partner. David, thank you so much for, for, I know you've played this game and other games that Connie's working on many, many times with Connie. I really, really appreciate that. That's really special and that you've uh, given her that gift of time. Um, and patience uh, to go through that. I know what that's like with Megan and and, and other partners um, to play games when they're when they're getting to that point of fun and functional, but maybe they aren't quite there yet. And in the later stage where they're fully fun and functional, but you're just trying to iron out these little tiny differences. So thank you for being a, such a part of the process and supporting pa Connie as part of that. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that you got. I'm glad uh, Connie received the copy. She mentioned that to me recently, and uh, I'm I'm I love how it turned out. Yeah. Uh, Dan's in Orlando for a couple of weeks and wanted to know if you or anyone watching had any uh, food or game shop recommendations. Actually, Hilda, who I think is watching right now, might, Dan, because Hilda is also, I think, in the in the Orlando area. Let's see, I'm going to scroll through. I'm a little behind, so I'm going to scroll through and try to find some questions. Jason says, uh, I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old that I've been introducing to games. I don't mind Shoots and Ladders or Candy Land because it teaches how to take turns and follow rules. That's important for kids. They also like my castle panic and he's going to try to get my little scythe and see how that goes goes do you have any more plans to make any children's versions of any of your games or recommendations of a good children's game i do have a i don't have any plans like that for stillmeyer games um uh skews a little young for what we what we focus on but but i do have a video how did i phrase this um Family? Did I phrase it as family games? No. For kids? Let's see. Just got to find the right search term to figure this out. Children? No. I have a video on it somewhere. Might be my gateway video. I thought I had a video about that, though. Um, generally, I recommend Haba games. I think, Although Haba, I think, is struggling right now, but... Hava makes wonderful games that I think are fun for adults and fun for kids. Animal Upon Animal is one of the first games I gave my, my niece and nephew. Um, I think that's a great starting, starting point. It, it is a very simple game, but it is a game with some good things to think about. Nathan says, just curious on how long the launch discount will be with Apiary. Typically, our launches are on Wednesdays, and the launch discount lasts. And so launches for products that we either have in stock or will have in stock within a week or so. Um, opposed to a longer pre-order period where we haven't made the product yet or it's in, in production. So it's usually starting on Wednesday and goes through Sunday. It goes through the weekend. So five days is usually the, the, the biggest discount. And it might remain on discount after that, but not at such a steep discount. Hilda says that she enjoyed five-minute mystery more than five-minute dungeon. It works well when I plan team building game days with my work crew. Cool. What's the, what's the difference between the two? How how do they differ? I don't. I don't. I'm very new to both of these games. Matt says, "Is there a particular game that you love, but is a challenge to teach to others?" At Stillmeyer Games, that game is Euphoria. Euphoria, I think, is is pretty for for the weight of the actual game. I think it's fairly difficult to teach because it has a lot of interconnected systems, and that's where it gets tricky. Games that um, that have a lot of interconnected systems where you can't really explain this one thing without explaining these other two things. That is a challenge. Um, also games where 
I love games where you can take a few low stakes turns that don't impact the overall impact of the game all that much, where they have meaning, but they don't determine the winner or the loser on the on the first few turns. So I'm, let me think of games that, uh, is there any game that I love, but is a challenge to teach to others? Huh. So I love Terra Mystica. It's one that shows up on, on a lot of my lists. I think Terra Mystica... I don't relish teaching Terra Mystica to people who don't already know it or Age of Innovation. I'd rather teach Terra Nova, but even that is definitely easier to teach. But um, just it's a it's a it's a slightly difficult game to for someone to grok. Um, but I do love it. Yeah. Marlene says happy birthday to Megan. She just had a birthday too. Happy birthday, Marlene! And she got some chocolate, a bar each of hazelnut cream and cashew cream from the Who brand. One of my favorites because I can eat its ingredients. So that's H-U. That's wonderful. I hope you, I'm glad you had a happy birthday and got some treats as part of that, Marlene. Carol says she loves the shirt. Yeah, I got this shirt from the Cotton Bureau, which is run by someone who's here in the comments or was here, Chad. This is a, a nod to, um, to the Europa alternate area of the world for the uh, for scythe and expeditions. Trishul says, has any manufacturer figured out how to make asymmetric 3D minis carved in wood in scale? It seems that the wood grains pose challenges there. How about using blended wood compo uh, composite? That is actually something that CGE is doing. Um, they have this new composite material that uses mostly wood and some other materials to form effectively miniatures. Um, and yeah, they, I think they announced, I can't remember the name of the game, but they came out with a game at Gen Con recently that has that composite material. We have Panda looking into that as well. Sounds like Ray might be up for it. That's awesome, Ray. Thank you for being up for that, or potentially up for that video. Chat says, uh, for, to, uh, this was to, yeah, I'll, I'll scroll down. I'm behind again, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just look for questions for a second here. Um, Joseph says, with respect to your question, ensuring accessibility seems like such a great option. I love the idea of my little side and digital impl implementations, which you've done really well, but just making sure that as many people as possible will get to enjoy, will get to experience um, that joy and happiness seems crucial. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I entirely agree with that, Joseph. That's what we think about with accessibility. How can we reach um, the most people with these games uh, without also trying to appeal to everybody? Because I think if you try to appeal to everybody, you end up appealing to no one or very few people, but um, for at least your target audience, you can try to make it as accessible to as many people within that audience and even to bring in some other people from outside that, audi that audience as well. Eric says, how do you compare the complexity of Apiary to all of your other published games? I'd put it around the weight of Euphoria. I think Euphoria is the, uh, the closest comparison there, but I think it's much easier to teach than Euphoria. Mark says, what Stonemaier game should I play next? I love Scythe, Expeditions, Wingspan, Viticulture Essential, and Tuscany. Um, what should you play next after those games? Tapstry, I think you I think you have fun with Tapstry. I think Apiary could be a good fit, or Euphoria, based on those complexities. Um, I'm sorry, Facebook is skipping questions here. I'm not doing it on purpose, but if I missed a question, just repost it. Matt says, is Elizabeth Hargraves' debut game Wingspan or Tussie Mussie? It was Wingspan. Wingspan was uh, Elizabeth's debut game. Um, Tony has a recommendation for the game Penny Black that we should check out. Thank you, Tony, for that recommendation. 
Okay, Garrett says the AG thing is $1 per newsletter sign up ahead of the Kickstarter. Yeah, that's what we what we do for our games as well. I don't think they're doing $1 if you are already subscribed to the newsletter. That's fair. Brian says, hard to teach, but brilliant game, Anachrony. Oh, yeah, and I would put in this category, not only just hard to teach for certain games, but also hard to return to after you haven't played for a while. I think that's an important factor in many games that not only can you get into the game pretty easily, learn how to play, teach teach it, but also if you don't play it for a while, that you can that you don't feel like you need to relearn the entire game. That's something I try to think about a lot. So Hilda does, uh, hopefully, Dan, you can read Hilda's comment about some Orlando area recommendations. Chad says, I see that you backed Millennia. Was it because of the creators or was there any gameplay that interested me? Um, yeah, I think there were three things. I was on the fence. Millennia is designed by, uh, or not designed, but produced by the creators of Cleanse of Caledonia. It is a Civ game. Um, even though I designed the Civ game that I wanted to exist among Civ games, Tapestry, I'm happy for other Civ games to exist. And I love trying them because I love that category of games. So I was curious about the theme. The, um, I liked that it looked pretty streamlined. And actually, what the, two, well, the thing that hooked me is that it there was a track that had a split path. And I was like, oh, I love that idea of taking a... Having a, a, a track for a while that's the same, and then I get to choose which split to form for my civilization, as well as which tracks to focus on. And then finally, it was the price point. If the game had been priced at 50 or higher, I may have waited for retail, um, but it was priced really reasonably. I think it was like $31. And I'm in for that price point, for sure. Okay, Anthony was talking about how he's going back over older videos. He says, 10 steps to design a board game, July 2014. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's. I think that may have been the year that I started doing game design related videos. I do have a much more recent version of that video. Uh, not that much more, but maybe I did three or four years ago, I did a how to design a tabletop game uh, video. Valerie says, for a game that I love to play, but it's hard to explain for Stomar is Pendulum. Pendulum is a little bit of a beast to explain. Everyone plays at the same time, so you can't check if they're doing it right. You can do it. I, I do like teaching Pendulum in... Um, using the little board where you're not using real time for the first round and then going into real time. I think that might maybe help that a little bit because teaching it with real time timers is, is very difficult. And then still and brass. So yeah, brass is a, I know, I, I think brass is a difficult to teach game and a difficult to retain game. Um, actually, and for me, one game that I've come to love more is uh, Race for the Galaxy. But that is a game that I still feel like I need to relearn a lot of it every time I play. Something about it doesn't link to my brain well enough or sync with my brain well enough that I can retain how the game works. So I have to relearn it whenever I play Race for the Galaxy. Carol has a bunch of children games recommendations. Uh, Zombie Kids Evolution, Forbidden Island, Ghost Fight and Treasure Hunters, Rhino Hero, Ice Cool, uh, Gizmos, Five Minute Marvel, and Sagrada. Um, Carol is inviting people to the Stomar Games Discord where we talk a lot about, or where she talks a lot about those, those types of games. Trishul says, happy birthday to Megan. Has she done a list of top 10 two-player co-op games yet? Or does she like more teeth and claw games more? I do have a video of Megan's top 10 favorite games. Um, I think it'll probably be the only Megan video unless she voluntarily says she wants to do one in the future. I don't think that was her cup of tea to do those types of, uh, of videos or lists. Um, so no, she doesn't have a list for top ten player, top ten two player co op games. We do play a lot of campaign games that are cooperative, uh, two player with each other. We're doing the Lost Ruins of Arnak campaign right now. Steve says that Revive, Boon Lake, Great Western Trail, yeah, that's a difficult to teach one for sure. And Wayfarers are all more difficult to teach games that I presume that Steve also enjoys. 
Okay, so my question was about games that have a, a runaway success or things, uh, products or services that have runaway successes and what you can do to embrace that or, or use that or leverage that. Um, Trevor, says, Trevor says, when a company like Summer Games has a runaway success like Wingspan, what does that look like? Uh, is it hard to keep up with demand or are you able to jump to reprints fast enough to keep up with it? I think these are great questions to talk about in this in this uh, this article. Yeah, I, questions are great too. Um, yeah, these are great prompts, Trevor. Thank you for these prompts. I'm going to copy and paste this into Trello over here so I can save that topic. Thank you. Very odd copy paste, but no, oh, no, that won't work. That won't work. If we copy pasted, I think the entire thread. Um, that's like the worst copy and paste ever. Okay, I will try to copy paste. Just your comment, Trevor. <laughs> Let's see if I can just get that. That's better. Okay, thank you. Wish I could delete this other comment. Um, I'm talking, talk, talking to myself about Trello right now, which I use to organize blog posts and whatnot. Mark says, do you have any special plans for game 60 of Rolling Realms? Yeah, we're about to do game 56. So it won't be a few months that we really even get close to game 60. I guess we're kind of getting close, but it's still a ways away. But yeah, Mark, we're going to do what we usually do for the um, every 10 live plays of Rolling Realms where I, I use, or I play I, using um, fan-created realms instead of official realms. I know you had some submitted last time. We might open more submissions, but we did have so many last time that uh, that I think we may have had enough for game 60 already. I may have already picked them. I'll have to look back to my notes with, with Corel about that. Okay, uh, Chad says that Cotton Bureau, his company, is a print-on-demand website, and he has a store on that site, just so there's no confusion. So there's a link for places where you can get shirts like this from Chad in the, in, in the description here. I will link to that in the Facebook version of the video as well, Chad. Uh, Julie has a bunch of recommendations for kids as well. So Castle Panic, My Little Everdell, King Domino, Sushi Go, Forbidden Island, Isle of Cats, the family version, um, Hoot, Hoot, Hoot Al Hoot, I have not played that, Out Fox, I've heard great things about Out Fox, Dragomino, My First Carcassonne, and Animal Upon Animal. Uh, uh, Ray also recommends games by GameRight. I think that does well. Gary says, will this mean the expansion won't fit in the deluxe box if there are new mechs? Um, so Gary, the the uh, the insert for Expeditions, if you take a look at it, the insert actually has two places designed to add extra mechs. So it's kind of a, the insert itself was a, spe a teaser for things to come for Expeditions. So the only thing I've revealed about the Expeditions expansion is that there are two new mechs and we designed the insert to fit those two mechs in the original insert and as well as the two new mech mats into the insert as well. So the insert is pre-designed to fit those, those new mechs and mech mats. Joseph says, are people excited about Undergrove? I'm definitely excited. I'm excited about any game from Elizabeth Hargrave. And I usually, oftentimes when I play nature-themed games, I gravitate towards mushrooms. I don't know why, um, but I'm really excited about that for, for Elizabeth. And um, yeah, it's coming to Kickstarter soon, I think from AEG, so I'm follow, following along there. Mark says that I play the game Come Sail Away by Sashi and Chow. It's quite an interesting meeple mancala mechanism. I don't think I've ever even heard of that one. 
Uh, but I'll have to check that out, Mark. Yeah, thank you for the recommendation. Also, one of the mentions today, I'm re or, well, recently I've been reading a new book that I'd highly recommend. It's a uh, fantasy book with a very interesting magic system called The Will of the Many. The hook of the book is that uh, it's a world where willpower is something that can be controlled in a way. And people who are higher up in the society, they, they get to tap into the willpower of a specific number of people below them and the people below them as well. I love like speculative fiction, sci-fi and fantasy with interesting uh, kind of dystopian societal differences from ours and how they can relate to our actual societal difference. I think maybe in terms of money and power, things like that. But it's a really interesting system. The book is called The Will of the Many, and I'm hooked on it. It's, it's one of these books where I'm excited to go to bed every night so I can read another 30 minutes of this book. Tim says, I'm finding that most of the publishers that accept online submissions are now asking for a video as part of the submission. Any thoughts on what you would want to see in a board game pitch video? Yeah, we have this on our website as well, where it is helpful to uh, see a video if you get past the first stage. The first stage is just to uh, to share what the game is about on a form that we have. But for the video, I think a pitch video, in fact, I even have this in my video about how to pitch games to publishers. I just want a quick overview of how the game works and what makes it special. Um, I Maybe take a turn if you want, take a turn of the game and then, um, point to a few different unique elements, unique hooks about how the game works. And you, then you can point the camera towards yourself and talk about what what uh, what makes the game special to you. Five minute video, I think is ideal. It can go up to 10, but a, a five minute video just showing the core elements of the game, how it works, the hooks. And if you want, it, it, the, game, the video does not need to feature you, but if you want to point the camera towards you and, uh, and talk about the game for a minute, that's great too. Brian says, not necessarily that hard to teach, but hard to get to the table is Tapestry, which is why he's been playing on Board Game Arena recently. He says, what games do you like to play on Board Game Arena? It's been a while. It's, I play on Board Game Arena every two weeks. I haven't done a video about Board Game Arena in a little while. Although, did I return to it? I feel like I may have returned to... I don't know, like... A, yeah, okay, I did do an update on that. So I did do a video last year about my top 10 games to play on Board Game Arena at that time. And quick overview of that list. I'll do my top three were Tranquility, Clans of Caledonia, and Russian Railroads. I think I tried to focus on games that that I don't often play in real life. Yeah, games that I'm happy to just play on Board Game Arena, where I like these games. I am not I have not pursued them in real life um, or on the tabletop, but I'm happy to play them on Board Game Arena at any time. Jay says, did I miss the Rolling Realms announcements? So Jay, I'm going to announce them as part of um, the my live plays this week in the Rolling Realms Facebook group. But, you know, I'm here right now. So those of you who are still here, I will give you a little sneak peek at the Apiary Realm. I'll just show you the packaging. So this is the realm that I was going to reveal today or that I will reveal today. It is the obvious one that we have Apiary coming out. So we do have an Apiary promo realm. But maybe on video today, I will show you a quick flash of what the actual apiary realm looks like in that rolling realms video which will be also be on youtube later today adam says recently there's been a bit of fervor over terraforming mars mars's new kickstarter where they were okay using ai generated art in some of their cards i was curious about your thoughts on the matter at stonemaier games our approach is that we do not use ai for any form of creativity we, we don't use it to replace creatives in any way art I've never even used, I've never even opened chat GPT. Um, the only form of AI that I think you can see associated with Stonemaier Games at all is 
in some of our digital games, you can play against the AI. You can play against an autonomous player not represented by a human. But for creating things, we don't use AI yet at all and don't plan to. Yeah. Steve says, uh, okay, I enjoy all four of this. How did you know? Call back to a previous question. Um, Corey says, what mechanisms do you think would be a unique pairing with a pick up and deliver style game? Pick up and deliver is tough, Corey. That's, it's a, I think it's a mechanism that that is really tough to excite people with that mechanism. So framing it a different way or even reshaping that mechanism, I think is maybe the most important thing. Pairing it with something else. I don't, I see, I don't know if any, any pairing even makes pick up and deliver more exciting. I think it's a really, really tough mechanism to make something seem exciting. Um, so I think entirely reframing it. Like Great Western Trail is kind of a pick up and deliver game where you're picking up cows and delivering them. But uh, but I don't think the game would be a success today if that had been the pitch for Great Western Trail, that it's a pick up and deliver game for cows. Like that, that wouldn't have worked. Um, but as a deck building game where you're gathering cows and occasionally getting rid of the cows, um, I think that there's appeal in that. So I think thinking about how you frame that, how you design that mechanism so it doesn't really feel like a pick and deliver game um, is, is maybe the most important thing. Corey says, I had a company that was on Shark Tank and we invented the grilled cheese donut. We had massive success and spread across the country even, even in one in St. Louis. That's awesome. We leaned too much into our success, growing too big, too fast. Overall, we opened 30 plus stores and only a handful remain open. The grilled cheese. I didn't. I. That's amazing, Corey, that you had that that story. I, I, I've watched a lot of Shark Tank, but I don't remember seeing the, the grilled cheese donut on it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. That that you can, if you lean too much into the success of one specific product or one specific store or something, that uh, that can be. That cannot work out in the end. Although it's still great that you have a, a handful of stores still open. That's wonderful too. Oh, that is that is wonderful. Tim also recommended Come Sail Away. Let me make a note about that for on my Geekway list for next year right now before I forget. Come Sail Away. Let's see. Chad says, I've been looking into the new Garfield game, Ezra and Nehemiah. It looks really crunchy, but I'm still interested. What games push you passed your mid-weight game preference and why. I think the key for me, and I found this with Ark Nova in particular, Ark Nova to me is a pretty heavy game, but the amazing thing that Ark Nova does is that it distills the things that you're doing in the game down to a very streamlined system that even explains what those actions are right in front of you and the cards right in front of you. So um, I think if you have a very streamlined action system, then you can have a lot of complexity that branches out from that system. I think that is the key for hooking me into a heavyweight game. Um, let's see. Uh, Donna says, did I back Dragon Eclipse on GameFound? I have not backed it yet. I'm intrigued by the the standard version of it, the retail version of it. Um, I'm intrigued by it. But I also, I don't... It, it, it has like a, a tactical combat element to it. And that is usually something that doesn't, that I, that I don't pursue in games. Um, but I have backed a few other games recently on Kickstarter, I believe. Let's see if I can pull that up while we're talking. Um, recently backed games 
Oh, no, I guess it's just millennia. I thought there were some other ones. But no, just millennia right now. Let's see. Uh, Mark says, anniversary and special editions have been making waves for past titles. Are you considering doing it as well in the future? No. No, I, I mean, we try to make our... We try to make our like the version of the game out of the gate, like that. That's that's the version of the game. I and and then we reprint games as long as there there's interest in them. I think we need to maybe continue to do a better job at promoting older titles. But um, I have a blog post about this somewhere, Mark. But I think that the tricky thing with anniversary and special editions is that it creates redundancy for the people who already have that game. Um, so it, 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 I don't know, for, for some of the biggest fans of that game, you're creating redundancy. You're saying, here's this thing that you already love. Here's a new version of it with things that completely replace the things that you already have. At the same time, it is a nice way to bring the game back to the surface for people who don't already own it. But I think there's other ways to do that by re reprinting games and properly sharing them with people and marketing them, um, actively sending older titles to reviewers who are willing to talk about them. I think there are older ways to bring those, uh, and there's still ways to bring those older titles to, to the surface without doing a special edition that creates redundancy. Um, interesting. Corey says, we let the success determine the direction of the company versus us using the success to execute the best plan possible. I really like the way you said that, Corey. I'll make a note of that as well. Uh, Carol says, have you looked at Ryan Lockett's new game, Creature Caravan, that just launched? I did, and Carol, maybe I'm missing something here on that campaign. I want to back Creature Caravan, uh, but I've already owned Islebound. I don't need to own that again, and I could not find a pledge level. Maybe I'm just missing something, but I couldn't find a pledge level that just had Creature Caravan. Maybe it's just as an add-on. Maybe I can just add it on to not anything else. I did see that option. Um, if that is an option, I'd probably like to pursue that, but I, I didn't see a pledge a reward level that was just Creature Caravan. Corey says, is there a hidden society in board gaming that determines what themes come out and when? Right now, there are several mushroom games being released at once. There are a bunch of games about plants came out around the same time with Verdant and Planted and Calico and Isle of Cats, uh, surrounded by more cat games. It is odd how that happens sometimes. I, I think there's a term for it, but I, I'm not aware of it. But uh, yeah, I think it's... I think it's mostly just a coincidence. Um, yeah. In fact, I, I, there's, a, there's a dragon game coming out by the, the guys, uh, Mike and, forgetting the other guy's name, um, the guys who run One Stop Co-op Shop, the podcast version of it at least, they have a game called uh, Fang and Flame or Flame and Fang coming out soon. That is a dragon-themed game that is also solo co-op like uh, Dragon Eclipse. And I think they're putting it on Kickstarter very soon in the future, in the very near future. And uh, they were, they commented on, on on a podcast I was listening to to today that they they wished those two games hadn't aligned so closely. Yeah. Okay, Carol says that you can just okay, and Garrett also says you can just do it as an add-on. Awesome, that's good to know. That's exactly what I want to do with Creature Caravan. I will do that. Uh, Matt says, "How did you decide on what disc off discs to make? Are the discs based on what you throw while playing?" Yeah, so Mark, so we have a disc golf disc for pretty much all of our games at this point. There's a and part of it is just a fun thing for me. I play disc golf with a big group of people here in St. Louis, 
and I my, my the kind of the first step when I want to create a new disc is I find someone who doesn't have a signature disc in my group and I say would you like one would you like a signature disc and what is an Innova disc that uh, that you like to throw that would be a good fit for you that's the first step and usually we find the answer right there uh, we find an answer for the for the person right off the bat from that so uh, we do have a new apiary disc apiary theme disc disc coming out on October fourth. And it'll, I think it'll be the first disc that we'll actually have available at all the different fulfillment centers in time. Um, and uh, it is based on Avery. I won't give it away what it is yet, but it, it's my, my friend Zach is the one that selected that disc. Let's see. Okay, David says there's a term for twin films, i.e. similar movies that release at the same time. There are a few theories on why that happens and what contributes to it twin films. Jan Williams says, in hindsight, are you happy with the packaging of the latest Tapster expansion? In the Netherlands, 99, 99 Games only sold it online, and I wonder whether the packaging had to do with the decision. Yeah, I'm very happy with the, with the, with the packaging we used for the latest Tapster expansion. It was a, a fully recyclable packaging that we also could put a mailer label on, so we didn't even need additional packaging for that. I understand that it isn't quite as retailer-friendly, but... Um, but it also isn't the type of thing that you typically be browsing for at a retailer anyway. You'd probably be buying this from an online retailer, or if you're buying it from your local retailer, you were specifically requesting it. You're not browsing through the shelf for it. So, um, but I can see how maybe uh, uh, we, but we haven't gotten a lot of feedback from retailers about it. So we might have to pursue a little bit of feedback from retailers to see what they think about that packaging. I think that's all that I have for today. I appreciate you all showing up and asking these questions, having these great answers. I always enjoy these conversations. I'm going to go enjoy my chocolate of the day and my lunch of the day as well. I hope you have a great week, and I will see you uh, maybe later today on the in the Rolling Realms Facebook group for the for me to show off more of the new Apiary Realm, and then tomorrow, Friday, for uh, some other Realm reveals, and then next week I'll be showcasing and talking about the Wingspan fan art expansion pack, or not expansion pack, fan art pack, not an expansion. I'll talk about that next week. Have a great day. I'll see you later. Bye.